From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, and I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Kimberly Coyle. In this episode, we're talking about letting go and holding on. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. The list continues as you read through verse 8. Whether it's an idea, trend, relationship, belief, or dream, it can sometimes be difficult to tell when to release and move on, or dig our heels in and hold tight. Today the three of us are sharing what we've let go of, held on to, and how it's worked out for us. Plus, a few ways we've figured out how to decide which one to do. Before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in your words question. Ladies, I'd like to know what's a trend that you're so glad went away and what's a trend that you'd love to see come back. Kimberly, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. Um, almost everything I can think of in terms of trends that I have experienced in my lifetime at, um, at 41 I would like to never see return. So pretty much everything I ever wore in high school, in middle school, (laughs) everything I ever did to myself, um, no, not a fan. But the biggest thing that I never want to see come back, never ever, is um, big hair, like big Jersey hair. I had the most enormous, (laughs) I I don't even know how to describe it. It was like a rooster sort of situation going off the top of my head, and then I had a perm. And that I teased out as big as pot. I mean, I had like John Bon Jovi hair. It was absurd. And that was for a number of years. I did that in high school. And um, I would love to burn every photo of me. But there are so few that I actually have to keep them and show my children. And they they literally can't even (laughs) believe I would do that to myself. Like, Mom, why? And I have no answer. I have no answer whatsoever. Yes, big hair was big in Long Island as well. Like we would use the uh, curling iron and we would curl it and we would count to 10 and then we would take that yes. curl and we would tease it as high tease, as we could get it. Tease. Why did we tease? I don't I, under, no I love the like natural long hair look. Mm-hmm. I've been sporting that for a while. I want Marsha Brady hair to come back. That's what I want. <laughs> well, I never did that high hair thing. I have to tell you girls. Oh, um, I don't know why, out. but um, I don't think, honestly, I don't think people in Montclair were doing, girls were doing it in Montclair that much. They really weren't. Um, because I even remember when my stepdaughter moved here with us, um, that she still had that hair. <laughs> and she's more your guy's age. Um, and it definitely wasn't what I was seeing on most gals. <laughs> <laughs> You she lived in coming, a different area, Elise. She was, coming from, <laughs> she was coming from Irvington. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, yes. But, uh, that but is did, probably true. That is, we did it's do the probably poodle regional. Perm. We did do the poodle perm, and that mm-hmm. in itself was plenty ugly. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, dear. Why? Why and, do we do this? And, Kimberly, what did you want to come back? Just the Marsha Brady hair, or was there something else? No, I, I've seen so many trends come back around, you know, like I've seen my daughter start to wear things that I wore when I was younger. And, um, and as I see them come back on her, I'm like, oh, they look so cute on you. And I, I just can't imagine experiencing that a second time around. So there's really nothing that I would like to come back (laughs) in terms of fashion. I may perhaps something else, but I'm I'm good for now. (laughs) What about you, Elise? 
So I guess I would say um, a trend that did go away for a while was the short shorts concept. And unfortunately, it has come back. And I really, I mean, I want to say I get offended even (laughs) (laughs) by seeing girls in short shorts with their butt cheeks hanging out. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's a good look there. They may be tiny. Like it's not an issue of, Ooh, um, you know, no matter, you know, maybe she's a little too heavy for that. Like sometimes I see people in bikinis that shouldn't be in bikinis. Um, I would be one of those people, by the way, I want to just, point <laughs> first. but, um, yeah, the short shorts thing, the too much information, I just, I can't stand it. And there's these beautiful young girls. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Um, a, a trend that I'd love to see come back is a trend from my childhood. And that is, um, you know, I, I was thinking it's Sunday dinners, but it's it's even more than that. I mean, Sundays really were reserved for quieting down and, um, you know, there were no uh, st- stores were mostly closed and you were just forced to, um, slow down. And we often had a family dinner. We either had one in our home on Sundays or we went and visited relatives. And I think that was an amazing thing. And I've often, um, thought about doing it and I haven't, I haven't done my, I haven't done it as much as I'd like to. So I, I wish Sunday dinner in particular would come back. And generally speaking, Sundays would be an actual day off, which we've talked about in our Sabbath podcast, but, um, I'm, I'm revisiting that. Mm. Yeah. I, I like love it. Love it. Such a good idea. I actually, I, that sparked my, uh, thought for a moment there. And I thought, gosh, I would love tea time to come back. That would be oh, so wonderful yes. to have like a moment in your day where you actually, just take a pause, have a cup of tea, little cookie, little poem or something. There's this poetry tea time I see on Instagram that I follow. Oh, and um, oh. it, some people are bringing it back. And you know what? I'd like Does, to do that. Yes. But doesn't it seem like, I mean, when you say that, I think, oh, my gosh, how lovely, how impossible. Yeah. I cannot imagine <laughs> taking that time in my day. And yet I think I it's know. brilliant. I love it's it. It's indulgent. It seems indulgent, but honestly, yes. it's. It's not, but it seems like it yeah. would be, oh, how can I set that time aside just for myself, you know? Right. But uh, right. I would love to bring that back. Well, totally I think in great. terms of um, like Downton Abbey and some of these other shows that are on TV, I just watched um, an adaptation of uh, a Jane Austen book and that time when they just really made space for rituals and what mm. it brought to their everyday life. I think yeah. is nice. And that's what I think of when you say tea time, like bringing a ritual back that is just important and changes the makeup of Lovely. our day yes. and the space we give ourselves. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about you, Kimberly? What would you like to see come back or never come back? Um, I would say I will agree with you with the hair, the teased up hair. Um, yeah, I mean, so much work for so many reasons because of what it looked like, but also because of the work <laughs> it took to get there. I mean, I remember I would like curl my bangs and get burns on my forehead and then have to like cover them up. It was just everything about that was wrong. wrong. Um, but I would say a trend that I'm glad went away was that whole fluorescent thing that was going on in the 80s. I mean, the 80s to me was like a bad, bad time. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, I had fluorescent nail polish. I had, and I got my nails done, right? So I had the fluorescent fake nails and the fluorescent outfits. And 
just so happy that that all went away. I mean, my kids wear a few fluorescent things, like my son and his sports gear, and, and you know, we have some running clothes that has streaks of it, but not this, like, solid top, solid bottom shoes, hair tie, scrunchie. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Combined with Every- the hair, that was that was quite a sight. Mm-hmm. The big yeah. hair and the, and the big fake nails with the fluorescent. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, Oh, I remember going to Disney World, and it probably was – see, I'm thinking it was more in the 90s because we wouldn't have been in Disney World in the 80s um, with our young children, early 90s. And I remember not only were they the neon colors, but everybody had on sweatsuits, like the, the mm-hmm. pants, the velour, mm-hmm. and the um, – what are the, the zip tops called? What do you all call them nowadays? Hoodies, hoodies. Uh, everybody had them on, and it was like, <gasps> who made this acceptable? <laughs> that everybody's running around in a neon velour sweatsuit. It was just the worst <laughs> look. I'm sorry. It was god awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I would say something mm-hmm. that I would love to be brought back. And I think it's kind of inching its way back, but I think it would, it's a stretch to see it come back is more modest bathing suits. Mm. Um, Jessica Ray has a company where she designs swimsuits that are modest and they're kind of a throwback to the 1940s bathing costume. And Mm. she does such a good job of it. And um, I love that. I mean, Mm. I, I don't, I don't need to be showing everything off. You know, like I just, yeah. I, I don't have a problem wearing a bikini, meaning that I have nothing against it or I have no objections to it. I'm just saying that there was just something about the elegance of it. And mm-hmm. like, to me, the modesty was just classy, just so much mm-hmm. more classier than some of the things that I see running around at my pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> Grace Kelly-ish. Yes. Like, what a great look. Like, going back to, like, the tea time. Like, there, there's something to be said for formality, and there's something to be said for restraint. And I just, I don't know. I kind of like it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So today's episode is about holding on and letting go. Whether it's a trend, an idea, a relationship, or even a belief system, there comes a time when things need to change. And sometimes those changes are letting go. And some of those changes are the way we are holding on to the things that are currently in our life and letting them evolve. So I'm so excited to talk about this topic. It's a pretty broad topic, but I hope that the examples that we bring to you guys today can be helpful when you're making decisions about your life and what needs to stay and what needs to go. So, okay, ladies, who'd like to start us out? Go ahead, Elise. (laughs) Oh, gee, thanks. Okay. So one of the things that I have let go of recently has been my old home, and with that, a lot of other things, which has been sort of interesting and surprising, and um, I can tell you that I had a moment where I, first of all, I do want to say that it took us two years of processing letting go of our home until, before we did it, actually did it, and um you know, I, there's parts of that that I regret, but mostly I think the timing was perfect um, because I feel like we found the perfect home and it would not have been available two years ago. So that to me is interesting timing. And, but I will say 
one of the things that I, I, I really struck me as I was preparing and, you know, getting rid of everything personal in my home and painting and all those things, and my house really was starting to feel less and less like my own home, um, I really felt like the Lord said to me, you are letting go of this home, which has been very, very hard. But in letting go of this home, you are also opening yourself up to a world that I have for you, an, a different world and a new world. And I, that really helped me. Um, I really, I, I, the Lord, however he does that, he impressed that on my heart and um, that thought filled my mind. And I, I felt like I had a really positive thought going forward. You know, that was a new perspective. And where that led me, I really believe that um, some of what I've been able to let go of is beliefs and thoughts that held me back. And, you know, I'm just going to, I don't think it's a coincidence that I've lost a lot of weight and started a whole new exercise life um, that's coincided with my move. I, I don't know exactly why or how. I think it's probably poignant and heavy, to be honest, and I haven't even taken the time yet to really process it all, but I think that's part of what the Lord has been speaking to me about, letting go of some some hard things, some bad things, some negative things. You know, in trying to hold on to my home, I was holding on to some, some things that it just was time to let go of. I, I also feel in letting go of this past, which was rich and wonderful and painful and, you know, everything that life is in, in for 26 years in one place. Um, I also feel like my husband and I are somehow freed to go forward in um, a new relationship. Like, I feel a little like we're starting out again, looking for, when we were looking for this house, I felt a little like we were looking for our first apartment. So there's been some really rich oh, stuff. Sweet. Um, Very sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> it's interesting how letting go of one thing, it's like letting go begets letting go. You know, like yeah, you start with yeah. one big thing yes. and you realize how many other things it's attached to and begins to impact. And yes. um, and in your case, that's, you know, a really positive thing as all of these other, it's been like a chain reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? it's, been, it's been quite extraordinary. It's mm. exciting. What about you, Kimberly? Um, well, for letting go, gosh, there's just so much. Um, I think I always see my life. I, I have sort of like the overarching metaphor for my life and the way I see it is, um, I see it in seasons. So I'm always thinking like about what season am I in right now with my family life? Um, personally, you know, age wise, like there's so many different aspects of that, but, um, I think, for me, as I start to think of it as a season, um, it's much easier for me to move from one season to another when I recognize that there's a change, a natural progression to this new thing that's happening, where I can let go of the past and move into the new thing that God has for me. So like with kids, um, I would say being able to move from like the the um, preschool years to the elementary years or the elementary years to the middle and high school years, those are major transitions. And sometimes it's really hard, at least Mm -hmm. for me, it was very hard Mm -hmm. to let go of what my family looked like in that season to learn to embrace the new one, particularly from elementary to having older kids. Mm Because elementary was like this real sweet spot for us. It was so special and, um, 
just a very kind of calm season and everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing and there wasn't a lot, you know, hormones weren't evolved yet. Like I knew my <laughs> routines, like everything was just really, really beautiful and lovely. And um, moving into a different time where my kids all of a sudden were having, uh, you know, so much more social stuff going on and it was impacting how my days looked because now I'm doing this whole other thing that my kid, you know, rather than just having them kind of in this circle and safe space of our home, they're no longer in this safe space. So, you know, there's all of those influences that are coming in. And I think being able to let go of that particular season in my life was really Mm. difficult, but also so necessary. Like I had to, I had to let it go. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to move forward into the next season. And, um, when I find that I'm always in, at least our family is kind of always in the season of our oldest child. So when our oldest moves into a new thing, that means Mm -hmm. the whole family moves into a new thing, you know? Yeah. So kind of figuring that out was very pivotal for me because I was trying to hold on to her in a way that wasn't healthy my oldest mm-hmm. daughter, like just trying to keep her in a little box of what I, I wanted our family to look like. And it was time to change. Like it's a natural thing. It is good. It is healthy. It is whole. But learning to get there is really, it's really hard as a mom. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think oh that, that could apply to any area. It doesn't need to necessarily be children. But I think um, for me, that's because that's what I spend most of my time doing, focusing right. on my, you know, on my family. Um, but it's, but it's anything it's, you know, but as my, I will say too, like some of those things, changes that happened in my family allowed, allowed me to have a new season for myself. So I went, I started graduate school, which we've talked about before in podcasts on, um, it's never too late. So I, I decided to go back to graduate school because we're in a season that allows for that, which would not have been very good or easy when my kids were little, you know, I mean, that's just our dynamics. Um, not to say it's not possible, but for us, it wouldn't have been good. Right. Right. But there again, it's that letting go begets letting go or at least, at least begets change begets change. Yeah. And I just have to comment that I so agree with you. I mean, I had to let go of that a while ago, so it's less, um, you know, it's less of what I'm thinking about now. But that is a very, for a mom who loves being a mom and being home and that sort of family bubble, that is a painful time to mm-hmm. let go of um, that's it's, 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 again, it's precious short-term proposition, and it is to be um, appreciated as much as possible. There are certainly frustrations that go along with it, but I just love that. I think that's. I think it's a. I think it's important to recognize that, and I love. I love the way you put it, Kim. Kimberly, thank you. Well, I think um, part of the the hard part of letting go is that sometimes that thing that we're challenged to let go of is wrapped up in our identity. Amen. And so as we see the potential of seasons changing or us letting go of something, the big question is, well, who am I now? Mm -hmm. You know, like at least Mm -hmm. when you leave your your old neighborhood, you know, Kimberly, Mm -hmm. when your kids change and you have a different role in their life now, it's all very scary. Um, My experience with letting go would be um, 
circles of faith. So yes, we are doing this podcast and this podcast is brought to you by circles of faith. However, three years ago, almost four years, I guess now we created circles of faith um, with the idea of bringing women together and it developed into a community blog and it was very exciting and we were going to conferences and we'll still go to conferences um, and we were meeting other bloggers and we were doing all this writing and we were surrounding ourselves with writers and I think it got to the point where um, it was good but it wasn't great and I think that um, we had an interest in doing podcasting and we toyed around with the, the idea for at least a year, if not more. And there was, mm-hmm. we just, there was no way we could pull it off. There was just, there was the, the two of us that was Elise and I curating everything. We were managing it. Yes, we had a team, but, you know, it just wasn't, we weren't able to expand like we wanted to expand. And, um, and I didn't want to just quit. Right. I mean, like to me, that would have been like an epic failure. Again, I probably had a part of my identity tied to this idea that, oh, I have a website. Um, And it was it was through definitely prayer of like, God, what do you want in this season? But it was also through uh, working with a life coach that I was able to let go of the way Circles of Faith used to be in order to do the new thing. And that's Mm -hmm. podcasting. And being able to not see it as a failure or as something I quit because we really didn't Mm. quit circles of faith, but we quit doing things the way we were doing them. And Mm. I think in the past it would have been a failure to me, but now it's really a healthy transition and evolution of what we want to do and of our mission and of our passion. But it, but it was a letting go because like I said, a year prior, I would have been like, no, 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 we can just add it to our plate. We can just figure it out, which would have made us miserable because we didn't Mm -hmm. have the capacity. We didn't have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, and we didn't have the time. And I think it would have been not good for my family. It would have been not good for Elise's family. And I don't even know if it would have been great for our relationship either, because we would have been trying to do too much. And, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, yes, it's a letting go, but it's more of a evolution and letting go of it, what it was in its previous form. And so I'm able to be excited about what the future holds for circles of faith. And I think it'll continue to change and evolve. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that idea of evolution because a lot of times letting go is not cutting something off completely. It really is a slow process that takes time, just like the change of seasons takes time. You know, you've got a lot of overlap there, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of time where it just evolves into this next thing, mm-hmm. but we're not always ready for it to do that. So. Yeah. So, Elise, let's get back to you, and why don't you share with us some experiences of holding on and when the holding on has been healthy. You know, because I think, uh, you know, I was Googling holding on and letting go. Mm, mm-hmm. And I found a ton of articles on, you know, letting go. So Jen Hatmaker wrote an, a post on when is it time to walk away? Um, I found a devotional by Rick Warren that was called Let Go of the Things That Hold You Back, right? Because that's a scripture we often hear in um, in church. It's a scripture that talks about letting go of what behind and, you know, striving yes. for what is ahead. And, and we right, constantly right. see where God in the Bible is saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. Um, mm-hmm. I even found um, from Proverbs 31 ministry uh, from Susie Eller. She did mm-hmm. a, a devotional on how do I let it go? 
And so, I mean, there's a plethora of information and encouragement for people to let go of things that no longer work for them, things that are toxic or things that are inefficient now, or, you know, that, that whole kind of idea of, you know, letting go of the wilderness and entering into your promised land. Um, and then I did find an article from Project Inspired that was called A Guide to Letting Go and Holding On to Friendship. So that was one of the articles I found that did a nice combination of when to let go and when to hold on. So, Elise, why don't you talk to us about your experience with holding on? Because I think this is uh, maybe not so obvious. No, you're, you're, you're talking about um, holding on to something for good. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, having not had that thought yet... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, could I say marriage? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Not too many people saying that these days. I hold will, on to this. Yeah, I will. I will say marriage. I um, I would say, you know, Chris and I have been married for thirty-two years. We've had a lot of ups and downs, and we've had um, some. terrible losses that we never could have imagined and we've had you know wonderful things um and i would say there are times when um holding on was difficult and was it was i think we've talked about this in another when, when did we talk about this recently about um holding on well it's never too late right so it's never too it's late never too good late. good marriage yeah thank you thank you um I really believe that marriage is worth holding on to. And certainly my marriage has been worth holding on to. And there have been times when I really doubted that. But the benefits, as I said earlier, have to do with um, I have a lifelong friend. And, yep, moves me. Um, I haven't always um, appreciated that. And it hasn't always been easy to keep that friendship going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... um, I am so glad today that we are here where we are. And um, I don't know how else we could have done it, meaning I don't know if we had to go through every (laughs) bad and good thing that we've been through, but here we are. And I really believe that um, with two people who are willing to, um, you know, sort of hash it out, through life together, it's just really worth holding on. You, you end up with, again, a, a lifelong friend, a person who knows you and loves you no matter what. Um, I mean, God knows Chris has the, knows the inner workings of me the way I think. He's had absolutely the best of me and absolutely the worst of me in these 32 years and plus 37 years that we've been together. Um, and, yeah, I think it's been tremendously um as I said, difficult, but it is so worth holding on. And now we have um, a return to some really wonderful things of, of, of looking forward to a life ahead. You know, we have a smaller home, which was very intentional. Um, we have our kids sort of spread out. We have some freedom we, um, to be able to go and see our children wherever they are. And we're enjoying our friendship tremendously. So, yeah, holding on to marriage. That's great. I um, my parents are a good example of that. They went through um, a horrific mm. time in their marriage, and they didn't split up. And I think for the the, you know, I know every situation is different, but 
their their the trouble they had were was not for the faint of heart and they yeah. stayed together and they 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 have a better relationship for it absolutely and they're still together and they don't have a perfect marriage but i saw <clears throat> times when i was even like what the heck are you doing like why are you doing this to yourself why bother <laughs> um but they did they stuck it out and um it's amazing to see that kind of resolve and i think that's a testament to their faith and many other factors but it, it's inspiring yeah definitely what cool. about you kimberly um, hmm, holding on, I would say for holding on, um, that I have really had to hold on to who I know myself to be, like how I'm wired. And as I know myself, like I know my temperament and my personality type. And oftentimes I have, especially when I was younger, wanted to change that, to let go of that and kind of become someone else that I'm really not, you know, to be the person who sparkles at the table when they're sitting with friends, you know, or the person who, um, throws wonderful parties and is the life of the party or, you know, whatever it is, that's not me. Like I am none of those things. Um, I, and just accepting that that's who I am and holding on to that as I move forward in life. Like certainly there are things I, I know, I just, I know my limitations. I know that I will not be happy, not even not happy, but I won't be working out, moving out of my best self if I am making decisions based on who I want to be rather than who I really truly am. So, um, rather than trying on different personalities, I just, you know, I've had to hold on like, this is how God made me. I need to accept that and not only accept it, but to love it. I need to love who I am, how he made me and, make decisions for myself and my family based on that. Mm. So, um, that's been a hard road, certainly a hard road for me. Um, sometimes when you're not the sparkly person who everybody, you know, falls in love with right away and mm -hmm. thinks is so amazing or, you know, I've always been so drawn to people who are very, um, very vivid. I like, I like a vivid personality and someone who really stands out, but I'm drawn to that because it's sort of, it's the yin and yang, you know, because that's not who I am. So rather than trying to become that person, um, I can enjoy that person for who they are and also accept who I am. And it's made my life a heck of a lot easier kind of moving mm -hmm. out of my own strengths and weaknesses rather than trying to twist it into something else. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really mm -hmm. good. <clears throat> yeah. Love that. Really important. Um, well, mine is again related to this internet stuff. Um, I would say holding on to my blog was a really good thing. Um, I would definitely say that, um, while we were growing circles of faith, I wasn't posting on my blog like I wanted to, but I just, I didn't want to let it go. And I feel like holding on to my blog, I think is definitely tied to sort of letting go what circles of faith used to be. But again, through the year and a half where I really felt like I grew into who I was because I held on to my blog, I, and I was able to redefine my purpose and redefine my mission and really think about what I wanted that space to be. And that process helped me to set realistic expectations for myself and what I was able to produce and what I was able to create. And, um, 
you know, I don't have thousands and thousands of subscribers and I didn't like grow my blog and triple it in a year that I've <laughs> held on to it. But I just, I feel more fulfillment than I ever have in it because like I said, I've set realistic expectations for myself. I know what I'm writing about. I know what I'm doing there. I know what I want to provide for people and I'm not trying to do any more and I'm not trying to do any less. And the easy thing would have been to just scrap it and say, well, this isn't working anyways and I'm not that good at it and I don't know what I'm doing, but I really, I did, I held on to it. I didn't want to let it go and I'm glad that Mm -hmm. I didn't. And, um, yeah, it's just a really great thing for me that I really enjoy doing. And and it's all kind of contributed to this balance of what, what is not me? What do I let go of? What is just not like, even what you were saying, what is me trying to be other people? And what Mm -hmm. is me trying to be me? So holding on to me and letting go of what I think I should be. The combination of the both has really kind of helped me enjoy my blog more than ever before and be really proud of it. Right. Yeah. It's a lot easier to be proud of work that really shows who you are, you know, like it is your true face Mm -hmm. to the world rather than something that's just trying to, you know, trying to be something you're not. Mm -hmm. It's very, very easy to do that online. My gosh. Mm -hmm. It's so Mm -hmm. with all of our social media and blogs and what have you, it's so easy to try to put a certain face up that isn't really who we truly are. So mm-hmm. that authenticity is amazing. It's really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it takes time, you know, it, it took time for you to, um, to figure that out. And I think it's great that you didn't give up Kim, Kim. Um, I really do. I think it's awesome. Your clarity is, is wonderful. It's great to hear about. Thank you. When I was preparing for this episode, I found a quote online that said, life is a balance of holding on, letting go, and knowing when to do which of the two. There's no easy answer for how to do that. And there's a tension between the two. It's not always easy to figure out which one to choose. So I just want to ask you guys, how do you decide? Is there a way that you process these things? When you are going through times of transition or when you come up against a time in your life where you have to make a choice, do you have um, some guiding principles or something that helps you navigate these things? That's a really good question. It's so hard. I find this is the hardest thing of all. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You would think letting go of things would be the hard part, but it's actually figuring out if you're supposed to hold on to something or let go, yeah, at least mm-hmm, for me. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. so challenging. So I, um, I mean, obviously I pray about it. That's, you know, that's my go-to, mm-hmm. but I don't find that the Lord speaks really clearly about a lot of this stuff. Like it's kind of a trial and error. And I tend to make decisions based on how I feel, which is a terrible, terrible way to do yeah. things. I do oh, not recommend yeah. it. So <laughs> it's, it's really healthy for me to, um, to talk to my husband about it because he's very level-headed and does not get caught up in the emotion of things where I'm immediately like, I feel this way, this is what we're going to do. But you know, my feelings change day by day. So, um, talking it out with someone who has, is either level-headed or someone who doesn't have as much stake in the decision, um, has been really helpful for me, but Mm. also prayer of course. Yeah. 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 I I think that's a a good answer. And I would um, agree with that to a great degree. Um, I think that you definitely need to take some time. We, 
give give that process its due, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely be prayerful about it. Even asking other people to join you in prayer for it, I think, is important. Um, Kimberly, I think about what we did with Circles of Faith, which was really, we took... We took a Sabbath. We took, um, mm. or, or we we did yeah. a fast, really, mm. away from Circles of Faith for uh, at least a month, and really did that intentionally. And I have to say that was uh, suggested to us by a coach that we share. I do think that person outside, I, though I tremendously value my husband's input, especially um, Kimberly, as you were saying, when I'm tr- when I'm letting too much of my emotions get involved in my decision. Um, having somebody really removed whose real job is to say, um, well, what about this? And I have to say one of the things that she also helped me with, and again, we're talking about, talking about Carrie Bailey, who I think we both respect as, um, a life coach. Um, she definitely was one of the people who said to me at a certain point when I was like, I just don't know whether or not we should move, um, and we started talking about finances and she was like, okay, so you basically need X dollars more a month in order to have a sound budget. So you have two choices. You either have to do more steady work or you have to lower your expenses. And that might include selling your home. So that for me was a moment of clarity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's some practical stuff that sometimes has to come into these decisions and um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I, God is awesome, and he sometimes just gives us the, the neon sign. Um, and, I, and I so love when he does that because I just feel like, okay, I know this is the Lord leading and guiding me. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes, yeah, we're, it's up to us. He gives us free will, and we, it's up to us to do this sort of investigation. And um, I think it's important to... Talk to people that know and love you, but I think it's really nice if you can talk to somebody who um, who maybe knows you, but does not have that subjective stake in your life. Um, really can, can step back and give you some, ask you some questions um, that help you to come up with answers that are not um, emotional, but practical and, and thoughtful, etc. Yeah, I, I agree. Um... You know, I think when I was going through my season of determining what to do with what was on my plate, blog, circles of faith, work, whatever it was I was involved with in the time, um, my husband gives sound advice, but he also was privy to the emotional ups and downs I had during those that time. And so whereas he would just be like, yeah, just quit it. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's not what I needed. And what I did need was somebody far, very, very far removed. And I think the process is important too, because had I had an immediate solution a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to really walk it out successfully. You know, Mm -hmm. um, it takes time to change the way we think. And it takes time to change old habits. And so I had to ease myself out of this um, place where I was unsure of myself. I had to almost ease myself out of the place where I was working out of insecurity or I was working out of a sense of urgency. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that I really love, and it talks about how when God gave his people 
the promised land. He didn't give the land to them all at the same time. He had them gradually come in and take it over because if they didn't, if they were to go into that land, chop down all the trees, start to make their homes, they would be overrun by wild animals and they would even be overrun by enemies from neighboring areas. And so they had to gradually take over that land. And it's kind of like that in my life. As I get freedom and clarity in certain areas, I have to retrain the way I think and retrain the way I do life. And if I were to completely have the magic answer in the beginning, I would miss the maturity in the process that allows me to then do what I'm doing successfully. And so I think the process is so important to, to yeah. come to yeah. that decision and to come to the place where you're like, okay, I am ready to let this go. Um, yeah. That's I a mean, great point. Certainly really cold turkey solid. works, but you know, not in every situation. Um, I would say well, cold turkey think, only works in a crisis. Really? Yes. Yeah. You know, if if yeah. there's a relationship that is Toxic. volatile, yeah, you yes. need to be removed from that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it generally, you know, a lot of this or stuff is just harmful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's not harmful, then it, it is going to be a process. Like you said, Elise, it took you two years yeah. of working through the idea of leaving your home before you actually mm-hmm. pulled the trigger and did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think and, that's wise and, advice. Yeah, I do too. I, I think about um, one of my favorite quotes from Joyce Meyer, which is, uh, you got to go through it to get to it. And I think this mm-hmm. is a good example of that. And I think we can be very impatient with ourselves and, with our decisions like this, um, because it feels like they're dragging on. Like, again, I could, I could look back on our decision to move and other people do, believe me, I've heard from them, um, and kind of go, (laughs) yeah, oh, you finally moved. But you know, um, I'm, it's okay. It's, it's, yeah, there's a part of me that says, oh my gosh, we should have done this three years ago. But there's a part of me that knows we couldn't have. This was when we were supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. We had to go through a process of whatever it is, letting go, and maybe it was, you know, even some negative parts of letting go. But it's just, it's, it's okay. And again, I feel very strongly that um, where we've ended up is exactly where we're supposed to be. So there you go. Well, even like financial peace, you had to go through that so that you had the courage to know that you could indeed do this. I mean, there's yeah. so many components, so many pieces that went into that process right. for you. That's right. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It's true. You know, and Kimberly, so. you mentioned feelings. Um, <clears throat> feelings. Of oh which I have many. Yeah. <laughs> I have many of those. Yes. <laughs> well, I am definitely not an expert at navigating feelings, but I can tell you anytime that fear is involved and fear mm-hmm. is preventing me from either letting go or holding on, I know that that's an area where I need to pay attention to. And it's so often in our seasons of holding on and even in letting go, um, God is trying to shape something in our character. You know, for example, I think in terms of letting go, there are certain relationships and even maybe a job situation where God's saying, hold on, this is where I want you. I need something to happen in your heart while you're here. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's certainly not, doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel easy. Um, It doesn't feel warm and fuzzy, but, um, you know, if I want to run from a job or run from a relationship out of fear, um, then maybe, maybe that we know that's not from God. So that's not motivated by him and it's not, not necessarily right. a healthy choice. Right. Yeah, right. I agree. Well, this is a great, um, topic to have a conversation on because, 
each of us have different experiences with letting go and holding on, and each of us have different ways that we manage it. Um, but I think one of the things that's really helpful is to be able to talk to each other about it, because I think that in community and in relationship, we can make really good choices and we can get the support we need to, um, go through these transitions. And so I'm so grateful to have the both of you to talk to this about. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing these things with us. Um, Thanks, ladies. As we wrap up, um, why don't you guys tell us where we can find you around the web? Okay. You can find me at EliseDailyParker.com and hashtag EliseDailyParker and at EliseDailyParker, kind of no matter where you go, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and my own site. All right. And you, Kimberly? Yep. You can find me online at KimberlyAnnCoyle.com. You can find me um, on Facebook as Kimberly Coyle, Twitter at Kimberly Coyle. I actually forget that one. Not on Twitter that much. Um, And Instagram, which is where I really like to hang out. Um, You can find me at at K.A. Coyle. And I'm at KimberlyAmici.com, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Kimberly Amici. Our show is also on Instagram and Twitter as Circles of Faith, as well as Facebook. Not only do we have a Facebook page, but we have a Facebook community group for our Slices of Life listeners. On there, you can meet other listeners of the show and talk to us and answer our In Your Words question. What trends are you glad are gone, and which ones would you like to see come back? We'd love for you to subscribe to the show in iTunes tunes and stitcher so you never miss an episode and don't forget to tell a friend about us